Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome into No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast. Your place to go for on-demand Titans coverage that is 100% free of the nonsense that we always see in sports talk these days. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of No Nonsense, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We also have a fourth host joining us today, Tyler Rowland, better known to some of you as Tic Tac Titans, host of the Locked on Titans podcast. Tyler, thanks for coming along. Yeah, I appreciate you guys bringing me on. I know you guys are the no-nonsense pod. I'd like to think of myself as like 85% good information and 15% nonsense. <laughs> uh, depending on whether you call me Tic Tac Titans or Ticky Tac Titans, that percentage may vary. But uh, I, I like to add just a touch of nonsense to the podcast for the day. So those of you who have listened to us for at least a year know that every year, right before the draft, we do... Uh, The No-Nonsense Mock Draft, that's always our final episode leading up to the draft. And the way we do it is a little bit different than the typical mock drafts you see on the internet because we don't make predictions. We don't say, you know, I think this team will do such and such. Uh, We take who we would pick uh, if we were in that situation, which I think makes it more fun and makes it more interesting for you guys listening and for us to be able to to talk about that. We always like to have a fourth with us. That way we can evenly divide the 32 teams among us. And the order for tonight's draft will we be starting with Will. He will be on the clock with the number one overall pick. Um, Then it will move on to Tyler, followed by Matthias, and then me. And with that order, Tyler will end up with the Titans pick at pick number 26. We always spend a little bit more time on that one when we get to it. Um, so, so that will be exciting. Let's go ahead and hop in. Will, are you ready to pick? Uh, yeah, more ready than Jacksonville, apparently, since they're still <laughs> trying to decide yeah. what to do. Uh, this is easy to me. I don't, I don't know why there's any hesitation. Just it, it's Aiden Hutchinson. Like, I if it, first of all, if I'm Jacksonville, which is not how we're doing this, I have no confidence that I can develop any player ever. Like that, they, they don't have the talent. They like they don't like they've never proven that a player will stay there long enough to be developed. So you don't take Walker. So just take Hutchinson, like the easy like future Pro Bowler. Yeah, it's the the mock drafts that I've seen have been so split down the middle. Hutchinson and Walker. Mm-hmm. Tyler, I mean, what do you think? Yeah. Uh. Well, I guess it just depends. So just. To make clear the rules here, we're basically doing what we would do if we had to pick, if we were the GM yeah. of that team, not a predictive what we think will happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. All right. So, Will, I get this because 
Travon Walker is the Trent Balky guy with the the tools and the frame and all of that. But I think Aiden Hutchinson is a safer pick, and that's why there's reports out there that Hutchinson is the owner's choice, but Walker is the GM's choice. I think because the owner of the Jaguars doesn't want to have a, a bust or look like a dummy because he should have took an Aiden Hutchinson and skipped on him for the toolsy guy. But the GM is like, man, we got to go big. We got to hit upside superstar players. So I think if I'm the Jags, I take the safer player, the guy that I can bank on being productive for 10 years or eight years. So I think I would go with you. I would go Aiden Hutchinson if I was in control of Jacksonville too. So I like that pick, but I don't think that they'll do that at this point. I don't either. Yeah. All right, Tyler, you are on the clock at pick number two with the Detroit Lions. Okay, so I know this is going to look like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, uh, understandably so, because I just said why I think it would be the safer pick to to take Aiden Hutchinson. And Detroit is essentially the same kind of dumpster fire that Jacksonville is, just older. Um, so I know that I said that, but I believe in the development of the current coaching staff of the Lions more than I believe in Jacksonville's organization. So I believe that you take a guy like Trevon Walker and you put him into Detroit's coaching staff and situation and their attacking defense, and I think it would be a perfect fit. Uh, I know that Kayvon Thibodeau is out there, but I don't know if he seems like a Lions bite your kneecap off kind of guy. So with that in <laughs> mind, uh, I think with the, you could have thought about Sauce Gardner too. I understand that, but um, I think you could get cornerbacks in the late 20s and early 30s, and Detroit has a pick right there at 32 if they want to get a Kyir Elam or a Kyler Gordon, uh, reach for a Roger McCreary maybe, something like Andrew Booth may be there, a guy like that. I'd rather try to get one of those guys and go with the pass rusher uh, and philosophically, for me, I think pass rush outside of quarterback play is the most important thing in football. So I'll go with Trevon Walker from Georgia. Um, and I think the the Lions can develop him into a stud. So two edges go off the board to Jacksonville and Detroit, respectively. Matias is up at pick three with the Houston Texans. Will we have a third in a row, Matias? We will, actually. Um, I think there's a spot where a lot of people have, have mocked a tackle, um, but I don't know if I totally see that. Uh, I mean, they have Laramie Tunsil. Titus Howard wasn't awful last year, and, and I just don't I, – I don't, I don't really see um, the value there, especially if they're going to keep Tunsil long-term. I really like Thibodeau. I, I, I feel like the hype has kind of died down on him. He didn't have huge production numbers. Um, in college, but I think he has possibly the most upside of any of these edge rushers. And the Texans just need juice, man. They need something, um, particularly on defense. They need someone who's going to be a double-digit sack kind of guy. And I definitely think uh, Thibodeau has that ceiling. Um, and I think he could be kind of the the type of player that they wanted Clowney to be, and he just never was. All right. Thibodeau goes off the board at pick four at pick three. That brings it to me with pick four with the New York Jets. I'm going to break the edge trend, um, and, and I'm going to take a tackle for the New York Jets. I'm going to go with Evan Neal. 
the the, the Jets are a, the Jets are a hard uh thing to figure out because they're just so bad and usually my formula for juice is when I just look at a team and I say this team just needs any kind of juice usually for me that means wide receiver or pass rusher here in this scenario the top three pass rushers are off the board but like the Jets are paying Corey Davis a fair amount of money they spent premium capital on Elijah Moore last year so it's like they, they sort of have capable receivers to work with. Denzel Mims in the fold as well. And so I just kind of want to help Zach Wilson out some more. So I'm, I'm going to take the tackle for, for the Jets here at pick four. That brings us back to Will at pick five with the New York Giants. Will, before you go, can I just say, I just want to have some slight commentary here, okay? I think the Kayvon Thibodeau pick is perfect for the Texans because Levy Smith is like the stern, old, wise guy, and Kayvon can be a little wild according to these reports. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he's not everybody's cup of tea. So I think that's a nice fit, and and Zach Wilson looked his best at BYU when he had just all the time in the world to make bombs down the field. So I think the Jets would be smart to, to get, take their pick of offensive tackle too. You guys are making some great picks. Yeah, and if, like, if Neil, because everybody says this about Aquanu, like, Neil's played guard. So if Makai Becton stays and he's great, mm-hmm. cool, you have the biggest left side of your line in in the NFL. Like, right. nobody nobody would be able to match that size. You can do play action. Both are athletic enough to, like, that. that's cool with me. Um, if Becton yeah. leaves... You yeah, if also are leaves, protected. Yeah, yeah, it's like you don't you don't have to like you know force a guard into a tackle or use mm-hmm. a, you know you, so that's that's a good pick. I think uh, the Walker pick is good too, just because he did the dirty work at Georgia. Like mm-hmm. it, you know, he's going to get Campbell's respect because uh, like he did the stuff that he talks about, like praising people for. Like he was mm-hmm. basically the defensive equivalent of a blocking tight end at times because they didn't just let him go wide nine. So yeah, I mean. So far, all these picks make sense, even though, like, I, I'm not sure how often, like, the Stingley stuff right now with uh, the Texans at three, like, that's the that's the most popular, like, rumor yeah. right now, which usually means it's not going to happen. A cornerback so, at three? I, I mean, that it happened with, uh, uh, well, I cannot remember, remember his it's name. It's Jeff Okuda. We saw yeah, two different examples. Denzel yeah. Ward went number four, and he just got a huge contract and turned out to be a stud. But yeah. Jeff Akuda went number three, and, you know, sucks that he got the injuries, but he hasn't panned out when he was healthy. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's that clip of him arguing with his coach on the sideline, getting taken out of the game. He's clearly, even if his career goes well going forward, he clearly didn't live up to the number three picks so far. So, and, you know, there's examples in both, but Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley are pretty dang good. All right, Will, what are the Giants getting? This, man, this is not fun. Um, <laughs> I, 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 will, I will begrudgingly take Aquanu just because I think they want, like, the, they get connected to Cross and uh, Evan Neal a lot, and I think that's because they have a bad offensive line. But if there was any quarterback worth drafting at all, I would cut ties with Daniel Jones immediately. He is just purely awful. But like, if you can get a Pro Bowl like guard tackle, even though I hate the idea of saying this guy's a Pro Bowl tackle, and if he's not, he's a Pro Bowl guard because that never happens that way. 
like I, I think Aquanu is good enough to where you can take the best player on the board and then draft again in a few picks. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't know. I don't. I, I guess with these, I, I always side to leading, leaving these guys at tackle. I, I, I don't yeah. know why, but that that's just if you're a stud and you're going to be a top five pick playing tackle, then play play tackle. So yeah. I I think that's the right move too. Don't Just tell Mike Vrabel that. I know, I know. Ridiculous. Dear Lord, be no one has a versatile. position in Mike Vrabel's world. Mm. You have to play special teams before you can play as a rookie. That's why we never saw Dylan Raidens last year. Of course. All right, Tyler, you are up with the Carolina Panthers at six. All right. Well, this this became pretty easy for me. Uh, if I if I'm Carolina, none of these quarterbacks are worth my job. And that's what Matt rules at. It, I got to win this year or I'm going to lose my job. So I would rather trade for Jimmy G after you know that he's healthy. I would even rather trade for Baker Mayfield yeah. than ride with Kenny Pickett. You know what I mean? I, I just don't think that that's the right move. And Kenny Pickett's the only guy that I'm drafting if I'm Carolina because I, I need the safe pick and the guy who's pro-ready. But I, I don't think they should do that. I think they should worry about making the roster better for a veteran quarterback they can trade for. And I'm taking Charles Cross, uh, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State. He's a pass protector, and you need to make a quarterback look good. Um, so you need a pass protector more than anything. He's a good pass protector. He's playing the SEC. I, I'm, I'm riding with Charles Cross. I think it became pretty easy uh, at this moment if, if the board falls this way for Carolina. So we what started, else would you have done if I, if you had if you had the clear, if you had a clear board after the third pick what what would you think other than offensive tackle? Um, other than offensive tackle for Carolina, and to be honest with you, I don't think they have needs at wide receiver. I don't think mm-hmm. they have needs at cornerback. The only thing I that they that I would consider would be quarterback or offensive exactly. tackle, and yeah. there's just no way. I honestly think in the real draft, Carolina is a major spot to trade Straight into. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because uh, a team like Seattle could trade. Like, if the board does fall with trenches and say, like, Stingley and Ahmad Gardner are both available, you want to jump in front of the Giants because you know that they might be interested in a cornerback. So I think Seattle, Philadelphia, somebody, maybe Minnesota, jumping in front of um, or jumping to Carolina's spot in front of the Giants to get their pick a cornerback, I think we could see that if the board falls this way. But with no trade back, taking Charles Cross, finally have a decent offensive lineman in Carolina. Now, a, a quick note on trade backs, because I feel like we have to remind people of this every year. It, it takes two to tango, right? It's one thing to say, we would love to trade back and get more picks. Uh, it's another to find someone who will give you a deal that is worth the, the pick you're trying to move on from. This year is particularly interesting because there seems to be an overwhelming interest in trading down because, as we've heard over and over again, this is, you know, Justin Mello told us this repeatedly last week, this is not the draft class with a, a Miles Garrett or a Jamar Chase. It's it's solid and they're good players, but there's no superstars at the beginning, and so teams at the top might want to move back, get more lottery tickets, as Will can likes I, can to I say. Can I just add on to piggyback your point here? One thing that I think is really interesting is there's a lot of teams that want to trade back. But on the flip side of that, I think there's a lot of teams that have a lot of capital. 
And yeah. there's a there's more teams than oh, ever, yeah. it feels like, that have double first-round picks, teams that have a ton of picks because of these big mega deals with quarterbacks and wide receivers, which means that there are teams with less picks who want to move back and more teams with more picks than we're used to as well. And I think there are some steep cliffs in value at certain positions, like wide receiver and edge rusher, offensive tackle. Like There are some steep drop-offs in terms of the tiers of guys. Like Day three is not good this year in the draft. And there are certain positions that are good on day two and then none that are good on day three. So I think with the steep drop-offs in tiers of talent and the unusual amount of teams with a lot of ammo, I think we will find some matches. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch, um, certainly over the next uh, several days. That brings us to Matias, pick seven, back with the New York Giants. Uh, this is this is an interesting spot. Will kind of made it easy by taking a tackle at five. I definitely think that's one of their uh, one of their bigger needs. Um, and here I'm kind of between two positions. I think they definitely need an edge. Ojolari was very good as a rookie, um, but their other starting edge right now is Quincy Roche, who you know go Miami Hurricanes, but he's not a starter level uh, type of edge. They could also go cornerback with Gardner and Stingley uh, on the board. Um, but they do have Bradbury and Adoree Jackson. And I know we don't love Adoree Jackson that much, but he's still a solid cornerback. Bradbury's good, although he is going into the final year of his deal. Um, I'm going to go with Jermaine Johnson here from Florida State, uh, the edge. Um, I just feel like you need two good edge rushers in, in this league uh, and pairing him with Ojolari. They're kind of different types of players. Ojolari is more of a speed guy. Um, yeah, I, th- I think they pair well, and I think, that sets him up really nice to have a, a solid defense. So that, that brings it to pick eight. That's me with the Atlanta Falcons, and I'm really between two here because this is another juice team. They've just lost so much in recent years. You know, a few years back, you would have said, oh, man, the Falcons receivers, Hayden Hurst, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, all gone now. They did obviously replace Hayden Hurst with a better Kyle Pitt, so you have that there. But the wide-receiving talent is just not there for this team but at the same time you know talking about juice and a team that just needs you know an infusion of that uh it's not a popular position for the first round but I look at someone like Kyle Hamilton who's an explosive player who can make an impact and you could make the argument that he is a juice provider but I uh I'm going to not take the safety because I think this team just needs someone to make an impact. And I am going to uh, take a receiver out of order, because, again, this is what we would do. This is not what we predict. I'm going to go with my favorite player in this draft class, who is Drake London, the wide receiver from USC. And uh, hopefully Marcus Mariota and him can do good work together. You you don't think that that's what they – uh, the receiver that they they pick? I don't know. I, I mean, pretty consistently, the rankings that I've seen have London at either second or third, and Garrett Wilson seems to be the consensus first guy at that spot. There, you know, there are I, rumors I, I, that, that the Falcons actually do like Drake London a lot. I think they have him as their number one. 
I don't, was that Peter King that had that report? Maybe in his mock draft. It I think it might have been McShay too in, in his report oh, could have been McShay. ESPN yeah. the other day. But yeah, somebody mentioned, and you're right, I forget exactly who it is. Somebody mentioned that it's Arthur Smith. He likes big bodied wide receivers that can block. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. yeah, I've I've seen some, you know, you know, we never know. They could just it's lying season as well as it's draft season. But uh yeah, I, I I'm with Matthias. I see I saw some uh some talk that Drake London is actually their guy. So you may be more right than you really know. But, you know, a, a few weeks back, I, I forget, I think it was Matthias that told me, because anyone who listens to this show knows my affinity that I have for Mike Evans. And one of you two was like, Luke, you know, Mike Evans 2.0 is in this draft, right? And, and I see it. I just, you know, watching even just highlights of Drake London play, I see Mike Evans all over his game, and that obviously gets me fired up. So, so that's kind of why I have him at this spot. I just think he is. Uh, I, I think he's the most special of the receivers in this draft class. That brings us to pick number nine, Will and the Seattle Seahawks. This is a weird one. Yeah, <laughs> because like if there's any team in the top. I don't know, 15 or so that I think could take Malik Willis. It's kind of Seattle because it's really the only thing they've ever known is like a fat, like a mobile quarterback. And they're different kind of quarterbacks, but like a live arm mobile doesn't make, I mean, Russell Wilson's a much better decision maker, but like, I think if you don't appease DK and if you don't throw him a ton of balls, then you're just like, he's going to demand a trade. Like he just seems like he's right on the precipice. Uh, I mean, had it fallen any differently, had if sauce Gardner wasn't there, I would have probably taken Malik Willis. I I like Gardner. I I mean, I I don't know how much I love drafting a corner in the top 10, but he's really fun. He's been super successful and he's got, I mean, I just like him. Like, I, I don't know if he's going to be a superstar, but I cannot see him busting. And it, more than likely, you'll, I mean, of all the corners, I think he's the pro bowler more than Stingley. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Gardner and just not, not overthink it, not talk myself into a quarterback because that's how you get a bad team. Like, I'll just, <laughs> that's, that's what I'll do. Back to the New York Jets and Tyler. Well, Following up the earlier pick of offensive tackle uh, for the Jets right now, I got a few different positions in mind. Edge rusher, of course, is still a need. Wide receiver, of course, is a need. And then cornerback is a major need. Right now, I'm looking at the talents that I have on the board. And, yeah, we have a, a Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams. but. I also like the guys that are available with 35 and 38, like a Christian Watson uh, or a Jahan Dotson or a Sky Moore or George Pickens. I think those guys in this class could end, one of those guys could end up being the best receiver in this class. So I think I'm going to wait on the wide receivers at this time. And I see Derek Stingley still on the board. I think he's checked the medical boxes. Uh, I think his pro day circuit went really well. He crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's. To go along with the tape that he's put out there, some of the highest level tape that we've seen 
uh, at cornerback, definitely in this class. I'm going with Stingley, and I think that I might have a future All-Pro on my hands at pick number 10 to combine with already solidifying the offensive line. I'm feeling great if I'm the New York Jets right now. Yeah, so that's a great start, really, for the Jets. Two possible yeah. pro bowlers just right off the bat. That'd be fantastic mm-hmm. for them. Two positions that aren't super deep in this draft either after you get out of about the second round. So I, I, I like that as well. This is still weird for me to say. Matias, you are up for the Washington Commanders. Whack. I will not call them that, but anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm up with, with the Washington football team. That's who I'm up with. Um, yeah, uh, I, I would have taken Stingley here for sure. Um, I think Gardner and Stingley going back-to-back in front of Washington there um, c- kind of hurts. Uh, they, they have some needs. I can't really pinpoint exactly which ones, so I think I'd probably just go with probably the best player available in Kyle Ham- Hamilton from Notre Dame. They do kind of need some safety help. I mean, they're starting safeties right now are Bobby McCain and Cameron Curl. Curl, I like a little bit. Bobby McCain is getting up there in age. Uh, and I think he he does fit well on that defense. You could do a lot with him. He's very versatile. Um, and I think Ron Rivera could uh, get a lot out of him for sure. Uh, they could go receiver, possibly, although they invested a lot in Curtis Samuel. He just can't stay healthy. And then they drafted Diami Brown, who I like in the third round last year, uh, but he really didn't show much. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with McLaurin because there are those rumors right now um, that they might not extend him or that he wants a new contract. So this could be a, a position where one of the receivers gets taken as well. That was my pick that you stole from me. And now that uh, now that uh, Kyle Hamilton is off the board, I see this really as a trade back spot. Um, we're not going to do that for the purposes of this activity. I'm just I'm going to pick. Um, but but looking at the Vikings, it, it's weird because. You think of the Vikings and you're like, meh, you know, that's kind of how they've been the last few years. But then you start to think of the players they have and you're like, okay, Kirk Cousins is a good, not great quarterback. Justin Jefferson is insane. Um, You know, Daniil Hunter, they've got these pass rushers. Patrick Peterson isn't what he once was, but he's still a more than capable player. And and you just start going down and you start asking yourself, how in the world are they not uh, better than they are? And so because of that, I'm just going to take the best player available, um, which, which I think according to a lot of boards and certainly Dane Brugler's uh, would be, and perhaps this is too high for this position, but again, I think this is probably a tradeback spot anyway. Um, I'm going to go with Devin Lloyd at this spot just to give the Vikings a good football player because I, I can't pinpoint anywhere. Maybe offensive line, but I don't want to take pinning this high. Uh Maybe offensive line, but I can't pinpoint anywhere where I'm like, oh, yeah, they really need something there. You're not willing to go Trent McDuffie this high? No. Understandable. So that brings us back to Will with the decrepit Houston Texans who added Kayvon Thibodeau with the third pick. Who are they going to get at 13? Hmm. I did not expect there to be so many wide receivers available. Um, I do like these wide receivers, but I don't think 
that's so here's here's where I'm at. Like Lovey Smith has talked about cornerback need you know needing to add more cornerbacks, but it's not something I think everybody's kind of said this at this point that it's not something that that defense really you know utilizes. Like it, it utilizes might be the wrong word that like you don't need a great corner to run his defensive scheme. Offensive tackle, you don't really need it. Like safety, no. They're not gonna draft a quarterback. God, I just don't want them to end up with Garrett Wilson or Jamison Williams. But I mean, if this is my pick, I'm James, I'm taking Jamison Williams. Like I I really like him. I think he deserves to be a top ten pick. I think Lovey Smith theoretically should have a year of safety. Um, I think like he can take somebody who's injured and then has the promise of being better next year. So you take Thibodeau and you take Jamison Williams and you have two of the better athletes. And then, uh, man, I think, I think Williams can be instant electricity in that offense. Like Davis Mills doesn't get you excited, but if you had Jamison, I mean, if you, uh, like, if you had any like other receiver besides Brandon cooks, but to have cooks and Williams together is, sort of like what people think might happen with Philadelphia with Williams and uh, I forget uh, the fast receiver they have from Alabama, whose name I can't remember right now, but yeah. So I'm just going to take Williams easy. That brings us back to Tyler with Baltimore. Now Baltimore in a sticky contract situation with their starting quarterback. Will they be finding a replacement with this pick? No, they will not. Uh, no, Baltimore is a spot that I think we could see a trade back in the draft because you know that the Eagles uh, are thinking wide receiver. Um, also, a guy, if you want a guy like Jordan Davis, you know, which I, I, I personally, if I'm running the Ravens, I can't place the value of a two-down player and interior lineman to that. Uh, I I don't know if he can replace Calais Campbell. I mean, maybe, maybe that's a possibility. I guess, but um, I th- I think the route that that I'm going to go here is I'm going to go with Trent McDuffie. I I think that he would be a perfect fit in the Raven system. I think their number one need is cornerback, and I think whether it be a team like uh, the Eagles or a team like the Patriots. Uh, or a team like the Chargers, even maybe, to go with Asante Samuel and J.C. Jackson. Uh, I think Trent McDuffie could be going off the board soon, and I like his versatility, all the different things he can do. He can move around, play deep, uh, play split, come up in the slot, plays with good physicality. I think he's a perfect fit for the Ravens, and it feels like their biggest need, which is a, a, a slot cornerback. So right here with no trades, uh, that's where I would be going. I'd be going Trent McDuffie. Back to Matias at pick number 15 with the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles are a weird team, honestly, but I feel like I feel like their needs are, are, are kind of clear. Like they very much need a receiver. I mean, after Devontae Smith, it's Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager. Um, our Sega Whiteside is still on that team, apparently. Zach Pascal. So th- yeah, they, they need someone. Uh I I'm honestly not a huge Garrett Wilson fan. Uh, I think ideally Drake London would fall here to the Eagles, and I think he'd be a better complement to Devontae Smith just because they're very different types of receivers. 
Um, but I will go with Garrett Wilson here. I, I, I think he could do well with Devontae Smith um, and kind of help Jalen Hurts out. They're both kind of lanky, uh, quick, agile, fast guys who could get open pretty consistently. So, yeah, I, I think the Eagles would be pretty happy if one of the top um, four to five receivers falls to them at 15. So that puts me on the board at pick 16 with the New Orleans Saints. Now, we always do a bit of a warm-up for this exercise beforehand just to sort of get ourselves in the groove. And when we did, I went quarterback with the Saints here. And to be honest, I was leaning Garrett Wilson before Matias so kindly took him off the board there. But at the same time... I, I wouldn't mind Traylon Burks at pick 16. So for, for me, it's between those two players because Michael Thomas has been sort of MIA for some time now. Man, you know, this really all comes down to what the Saints like. Do they like any of the quarterbacks in this draft class? Do they see any of these quarterbacks as someone that they can build around? Because if so, you have to take them because all you have is Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, and that's just that's just real, real bad. Mm. Man, it's so tough. If it makes it easier for you, I'll take a quarterback with the Saints at 19, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go trail on Burks in that case, then. Just get them some talent. If Michael Thomas comes back, he still has value. If Michael Thomas doesn't come back, he has perhaps even better value. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Traylon Burks, um, get him a, a big body at wide receiver. Yes. And tell you, Luke, I, you know, I got to tell you, I don't like the pick. Okay. I got to come. I, come I think if you're the Saints, you have a big bodied slant boy over the middle physical but, but receiver like saying. Michael I Thomas. I don't know that they I do. Think, I think the better, I think the better compliment is Chris Olave running the deep routes, taking the top for Jameis Winston, who's a guy who loves to throw the ball down the field. I just think that that was the perfect pick, and it was sitting right there, and I guess I'm surprised that you went Burks. All of the things that have been coming out about his inability to understand how to play outside boundary receiver and uh, his weight issues. Some uh, coach said uh, that he was two biscuits away from being a tight end. I thought that was the funniest thing that I've read all draft season. Now, that is a clear attempt to push him down the board. But uh, I like Traylon Burks personally. I guess I just think the fit with Olave in New Orleans was perfect. And, so, and my, you know, and my counter it up here. My counter to that would be: I, I think where I'm going with this is I, I'm not really anticipating much out of Michael Thomas. I, I I'm sort of in I'll believe it when I see it mode with him right now. There doesn't that doesn't seem to be a very good situation between those. Well, two that's teams. fair. Maybe maybe everybody's talking about you know. Uh, McLaurin and AJ Brown and DK and Debo, maybe a sneaky wide receiver that these teams could target, like Green Bay or something like that, mm-hmm. could be Michael Thomas, and nobody's yeah. really talking about that. So maybe, maybe you're on to something there. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Will will be on the clock with the LA Chargers. All right, Will, who's Justin Herbert going to have as a new teammate? Uh, Justin Justin Herbert, by the way, the best quarterback in NFL history who has never made the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, apparently it's the only thing that matters anyway. So anyway, <laughs> uh, like, all right. 
this is what we would do, but I also don't have to coach this guy. So I'm going to take Trevor Penning. Uh, I think he is a, an absolute nightmare of a mess in terms of like cleaning stuff. I think he's, I think he's too tall. I think he doesn't understand what he's doing a lot. I think he constantly looks backwards because he's afraid he blocked the wrong guy. I think he uh, gets off balance, but everybody who tests like him or who is that sort of athlete turns out to be pretty good. And if you're the Chargers and you let Justin Herbert keep taking hits because you don't fix your tackles, okay. I mean, you get what you get. Like, so as much as I don't like him, if my offensive line coach says, hey, we can coach him up, you know, he's great. He's got all these tools. I just say, cool, but it's your job if you don't. Because that, that's what it is. I hire Mike Munchak the day after I make this pick, and he's my new offensive line coach, and I fix that. But it, it, it's, it's the, this is the drop-off to me. Like, pinning is the, the lone island in between Tier 1 and Tier 3 of the tackles. And he's got such promise on paper that I think you can talk yourself into it. But Slater's going to do all the hard stuff. He's your stud left tackle. Like you can have pinning, have a tight end next to him, and y'all can figure that out together. You can, you know, walk him into the NFL like they did with Jack Conklin in Tennessee. Like you can make that work. But after this, I don't think there is a starting caliber tackle left. All right. On to Tyler at 18 with the Eagles again. Yeah. So the Eagles. Start with uh, wide receiver, correct? They went with yeah, Garrett uh, Wilson. Garrett Wilson, which is all the rumors indicate that that's their guy, the guy they like anyway. So I like starting there. Uh, I'm going to continue on the perimeter. Uh, could go Jordan Davis, but I talked about that earlier. Plus, you know, I know that Fletcher Cox is getting older, his deal is shortened, but he's still there. Uh, Javon Hargrove is a very good player that I like a lot. They just drafted Milton Williams in the third round last year, so see what you get there. I'm going to pass on interior defensive line. Uh, I am going to go to cornerback, and this may seem like a reach to some people, but I think that this is a very good player and I think he's going to fit perfectly in the Eagles system, and it's Andrew Booth out of Clemson. So the cornerbacks right now in Philadelphia, of course you got Darius Slay on one side, but then you got Zach McPherson or Tay Gowan, who they traded for out of Arizona. Uh, they got Avante Maddox in the slot. I mean, they need help at cornerback desperately. Uh, they weren't able to get Trent McDuffie, who I think they would have taken if he was available, but I stole him from myself here <laughs> now. Uh, past Tyler stole from future Tyler. It's disappointing. But I think that I think that Andrew Booth is worth it. He's got a thick, sturdy frame at six foot, 190 pounds, strong with his hands. He's a guy who'll play physical. He fits perfectly in Philadelphia, and it's a, a spot of need. And with, you know, you could take Jordan Davis. You, I mean, they could use interior offensive line, but. I don't know if you're if that's their biggest need. The quarterbacks are there. I just I just think it's it, and they can't take Olave because they already took a wide receiver. So I, I think it makes the most sense to address their biggest need uh, with Andrew Booth, who I think could go as early as twenty three to the Cardinals or twenty one to the Patriots if they let him go. Did you consider quarterback at all? Because no. I, I don't know how you no. rate the quarterbacks, but I just 
I find it kind of crazy that Jalen Hurts is just like completely safe as the guy when he really hasn't shown much of anything at all. Well, the, uh, the yeah. thing is, is Philadelphia has two first round picks next year because next the year. pick they got from New Orleans. Mm. So I, I think that if Jalen Hurts doesn't look good this year, then they just package those two first round picks with yeah. whatever it takes and they go get the guy in next year's draft while having a better team around him because they use these picks on, on valuable role players who they'll have to surround that quarterback with. If yeah. the, if the Saints take Malik Willis with the first pick, if they're just hoping that he falls or whatever, the Eagles will end up with a top five pick next year. Like because they won't have a left tackle, it'll be a bad like it'll be a tough division with a bad offensive line, probably no Michael Thomas, and I, like I don't think Penning is going to fall past the Chargers. So you, I mean that man, like the Eagles could end up with a haul next year, but. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why they don't address quarterback. Is because I think there's think- a good chance the Saints trade up to make sure that they get Penny. Yeah, like I mean- Seattle or if Houston wants Jordan Davis or something like that. You know, they don't want one of those wide receivers, or they're gone. I, I think the Saints with with sixteen could try to make a move to make sure they get one of those left tackles, man. Because you're right, they they're going to be screwed if not. And yeah. I, I just don't think I think that they signed Andy Dalton. To go with Winston, I just don't think that they're going to bring a third quarterback as a highly drafted rookie. I, I just don't believe it. I don't believe it personally. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's tough to see. So that's why I, I can't imagine it. But, I mean, we, we've we seen crazier things, I guess. Sure. But that, that rumor of them trading and then, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what they do with that pick. But it's a weird trade to make if you don't have a plan. Well, Matias, what are they going to do with that pick in this world? Yeah, there is not a single tackle that's worth the pick here at 19 for them. So can't go that way. Um, I would, well, I promised you that I would take a quarterback here. So I'm going to take a quarterback, but I would also consider. Yeah, I I would also consider Jordan Davis if if he slides as far. I think he has some traits that are pretty much just unteachable and his athleticism is is insane. And if you add him to that Saints defense, like they easily top three to five defense uh, in the league once again, which they have been for the past couple of years. But I am going to go with a quarterback here. Uh, I'm going to go with Malik Willis. I, I, I think he's the best quarterback. I, I mm-hmm. would be between him and Desmond Ritter. I really don't like Kenny Pickett at all. I'm going to be honest. He really scares yep. me. Um, I feel like he has no idea what he's doing most of the time when he's back mm-hmm. there uh, in the pocket and, he, and he's way too frenetic. So I would go with Malik Willis and – yeah, I would just feel uh, a little bit more confident than some of these other quarterbacks and hope that Jameis Winston could hold it down for at least a year. Um, and then Willis gets enough you know, experience and playing time in order to make him the franchise uh, quarterback next year. But I wouldn't feel great about it, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, you know, I know that I made it, you know, I came in saying that I don't think the Saints – will take a quarterback, but I will say if they do want one of these quarterbacks, it's got to be Malik Willis because like you have Winston and you have Dalton. I mean, you could sit Willis for two years if you need it, and he's clearly got the most upside of any of the quarterbacks that are in the draft. I mean, with the, with the talent, he could be a Mike Vick type guy with the talent that he has if, he, if it goes right. So I think they have the, the ability to be competitive while also giving him time on the bench. And he has the most upside. So if they do go that route, I, I guess I, I agree with uh, Matthias that it should be uh, Malik Willis. 
problem so is a- we're about to find out how good they are without Sean Payton. So yes. we're, we're about to find out how much that offense is pure artificial. And because, I mean, you lose your left tackle, you lose your head coach, who also is heavily involved in the offensive play calling. Like, uh, I mean, you get, uh, man, I, I don't know. Like, we'll see. Like, I, I, get, I mean, if you're going to draft and develop a guy, I guess draft and develop him. But, man, like, they there could be coaching changes, not this year, but next year if they don't get it on track because – it could have been a lot of smoke and mirror. We'll, we'll see. So I'm up next with Pittsburgh at 20. And over the last few years, I don't know that any team in the history of the NFL has ever experienced an offensive line exodus as the Pittsburgh Steelers have. I mean, if you think just a few years ago, this offensive line in Pittsburgh was Villanueva, Marcus Gilbert, David DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey, and Ramon Foster. None of them are still there. All of those five guys are gone, and it has left them hurting. I was thinking about pinning with this pick, but Will snatched him away. So I'm just going to go best offensive lineman available and take Zion Johnson from Boston College because this is a team that desperately needs to rebuild its infrastructure on the offensive line. I don't think any of the quarterbacks give them a significantly better chance to win now than Mitchell Trubisky does, which is feels like a weird thing to say, but let's not forget Mitchell Trubisky did take the Bears to the playoffs a few years back. Um, And off of that, you know, you can always draft a quarterback next year. Mike Tomlin is under zero pressure this season. There's nothing that can happen barring some sort of crime. Like, he gets arrested from him getting fired. So, uh, build your infrastructure. Get someone that's going to be with you for a while going with Zion Johnson, the guard from Boston College. A popular mock for pick for the Titans, too. I don't think he's going to last, to be honest with you. I, I, now we're hearing the, the Chargers might be interested if, if Penning isn't available. I, I just don't I, I don't I don't see how Zion lasts to the Titans at this point. No, he is very good. All the made-up stuff people kept saying before they watched him, I, and I guess last week, about him being on the ground and stuff was weird because he is an absolute stud. So yeah, I full disclosure, he was going to be my pick uh, with the Patriots next, Mm -hmm. but. hmm. So, so Will is up now with the new England Patriots. Was I would have taken Devin Lloyd if he fell, fell, but he did 10 minutes on the clock. Will 10 minutes. Okay. (laughs) Let me just ease back and relax. <laughs> I guess I mean do they take Jordan Davis? I, I'm gonna they take would. Davis. I feel yeah, like I'm, they would. I'm I'm going to because I like I like Jordan Davis. Bill Belichick will know what Jordan Davis is. He rotates guys frequently on the defensive line. He'll see, you know, Vince Wilfork 2.0. And he'll say, okay, like, I know how to use that. I'm not going to, you know, make him do too much. I'll figure it out. I'll stunt and blitz around him. That, that'll that be my pick. Him and Christian Barmore are going to wreck shop together. Guaranteed. Yeah, like, the, there's no chance you look at, like, Christian Barmore and uh, Jordan Davis, and you're like, well, Jordan Davis doesn't have any upside. It's like Christian Barmore didn't start until, like, his senior year. Like, the, they can figure out how to rotate those guys. Mm-hmm. All right, Tyler, you are now up with the next pick 
which uh, is, this is Green Bay at 22. I think the position might be pretty easy here. Yeah, uh, just uh, small information because the pick is so obvious. Uh, I am actually uh, an, a part owner of the Green Bay Packers, just oh, for the record. Uh, okay. Yeah, cool. uh, anyways, uh, a shared purchase with with my father that will be passed down, so that's that's fun. But uh, anyways, uh, this is easy for the Packers. Chris Olave, um, they need that speed down the field, great route runner, solid. I think he's just going to be a he, – he, I think he'll be as effective as like a Brandon Cooks. I think he'll just be solid every year. He just gets open. So perfect. It's good that they have you as the GM because their GM will not make this pick. Uh, probably he, not. Yeah, because he's afraid of like smaller like wide receivers and he is the smallest of wide receivers, <laughs> just in Yeah, he was coerced into getting Randall Cobb, otherwise he would have none. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, Murray Rogers, I guess, you know. I mean, but he's isn't he like 220 like two like yeah he's, he's a thick, thick boy like and he's also <laughs> third round like that's why packers fans are freaking out that they're going to draft christian watson and pass on like one of these other receivers like olave mm-hmm. matias you're up with arizona at 23 yeah also it'd be hilarious if the packers don't draft the receiver in the first round like I, I would love to see the meltdown from Packers face. They truly might not. Like, the, like everybody's yeah. saying it's 50-50 chance they won't. Like, I mean, like, they, they could take, like, Karloftis. And, I mean, like, they, they could do some weird stuff. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Karloftis, that's probably going to be my pick here for the Cardinals. Uh, they just lost Chandler Jones. They need an edge player. J.J. Watt looks like he's on his way out. Um, they just need talent at, at the edge position. I mean, they're starting Marcus Golden, um, Devin Kennard. They got Zach Allen, JJ Watt on the on the line. Just give them Karloftis. They could find a way to use him, uh, whether it be with his hand on the ground or standing up, whatever it is. Uh, I think he'd be a good fit there, um, and he'd give them some some pass rushing juice. I feel like Marcus Golden has been on that team for like ten years. Yeah, he's a weird player. He had like that one season where he had like 10 sacks out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm up with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the factory of pain at pick 24. They're sort of like the Vikings in that you look at the roster and you're like, how in the world are they this average? Uh, so, you know, there's not really a huge need that I see. They did lose Amari Cooper but you still have Michael Gallup and you still have your golden goose at that position, C.D. Lamb. You're loaded at running back. You've got multiple nice pieces on the offensive line. you got your quarterback, and they've got plenty of playmakers on defense. So this is also sort of a best player available who's not a redundancy. And I'm going to go with Devontae Wyatt, the defensive lineman from Georgia, give them a little bit of added juice on the defensive front. That brings us back to the top of the order. Will is up with the Buffalo Bills, and Tyler is on deck with the Tennessee Titans. Okay, the, the pressure is on, Tyler. I'm ready. So everybody's talking about uh, like a potential, this being the potential spot for a running back in the first round. I like I I can't look at this board and in good no way. Do that. Yeah, like I don't I don't understand the need for that. I mean, it'd be awesome for the Titans, but just like a pure pass on their needs right before them. Oh, this is, this is, I have to keep reminding myself, this is me doing this. This is what I would do. Um, 
They lost Cole Beasley. So I'm going to go ahead and give them the guy I think is the most like that, even though I don't think he's necessarily that good. But I'm going to go ahead and give him Sky Moore. So, so we're on Zoom right now, and Tyler's fist pumping. Is that because you're fired up about Will's pick or someone you want with the Titans is still available? Okay, so well, don't tell, tell, don't tell us who you're picking with the Titans yet. Right, but, right, right. Yeah. It, it's a little bit of both. Okay, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to you. My fist pump was a false start. I thought Will was about to take Jahan Dotson. So did I, I. Who, who I think, or who I have been looking at, I think is a like a. Uh, that's who I'm gonna mock to Buffalo at 25 in my mock draft. Spoiler alert. So. I thought it was about to go there. I thought we were simpatico, but uh, Jahan Dotson is better. Like Jahan, he is better than Sky. But I think if you're saying, okay, here's a guy who I know can run a slant really well. He's got the fastest time, ten yard split. Like we don't need him to be an outside receiver. Like we're we're gonna put Diggs on the Diggs on the outside. Like we'll figure out what we're gonna do. Put him in there. I think he's very much. You don't overthink it. You just throw the ball to your little slot receiver, and you hope that he makes guys miss. I I fully think Jahan Dotson's better, but I also know they need to replace that cog, and they were fine on offense. So that that's what I went with. So, that's funny because I th- I think I think that uh, Sky Moore is better, but I think Jahan Dotson because of his catch radius fits good with Josh Allen, just in case he's inaccurate, but. I, I yeah. get the I get the entire thought process. I like to pick either way wide receiver for Buffalo. We're going to take a quick break. Let Tyler have a little bit of time to think about his Titans selection. And when we come back, the Tennessee Titans will be on the clock. You're listening to No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast. All right, the moment of truth has arrived. Who are the Tennessee Titans taking at pick number twenty six? Okay, so speaking of me and Will not being simpatico, <laughs> there's one thing that we disagree on, <laughs> and that's just the thought process of taking quarterback in the first round this year. Now, Zion Johnson off the board, that's a perfect fit for the interior offensive line. Penning not there, so the right tackle spot can't be filled with an actual starter. The wide receivers, uh, I think Burks is the only one that could logically fall and make sense. I'm not up for personally taking Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson, or George Pickens, or Christian Watson this high. Not up for it. I don't really want to go defense, quite frankly. So I'm looking at the quarterback that I think fits so perfectly with what the Titans want. A guy who's going to be ready quickly. A guy who gives you all the intangibles like they like with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, a guy that needs some cleanup work with his mechanics and his accuracy, but there have been some analytics showing that he can throw it deep very well. Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati makes so much sense for the Titans. But, sorry, boys, I'm not a believer in Jamarco Jones. Give me Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. We're plugging this big body mauler right into the starting lineup at left guard day one. We're blowing people off the ball again, letting Tannehill throw the ball. Dang it, Will, this one's for you. Kenyon Green. 
Well, I, I, I don't. Will I, almost had a heart attack. I, I was, I was just, I was like, look, I didn't like, I, I played the game right. I didn't overdraft quarterbacks, so there were none there. I was like, we'll see what happens. But you know, I, I will say this, Tyler. Usually, before uh, uh, we do the this activity over the last several years, we do a random order generator to generate the order. We specifically picked this order so that you would have the Titans pick for right. that moment right there. Um, right. So I'll, I'll start by saying this. I don't think you're the only one either, A, on this podcast or B, listening to this podcast that is, quote, not a Jamarco Jones believer. I don't know that that well <laughs> runs very deep. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. So when uh, Jim Wyatt is putting out, I guess tomorrow or Thursday, a list of uh, local media mocks for the Titans, and the one that I submitted for that was Zion Johnson, because as much as I would like to see them go wide receiver, something in my gut is telling me it's going to be an offensive line pick. They know. And and I think it just makes sense, an offensive lineman. What do you think, Matias? Yeah, especially with how the board kind of uh, played out here. It, it, it just makes sense, and you could just plug and play a starter um, in there. Yeah, I, I would have done the same. I don't think I would have gone quarterback and – I don't think it's going to happen, really. So, yeah, there's a very realistic uh, outlook on what the Titans will and probably should do. I I don't know about should. I still kind of lean wide receiver. Yeah, I was also going to say, like, just my own biases. I would have taken Dotson. Just I, I like what he can do. I like the fact that he had, like, two drops last year and like a hundred something targets Bro- Brugler pointed that out. And I kind of saw him completely differently because I mean, most of the quarterbacks in this draft had bad, qu- or sorry, most of the wide receivers in this draft had bad quarterback play. Ohio, Ohio state's the only one that didn't. And to not drop passes with the quarterback play, he got, I think he had two or three different quarterbacks over the course of the season. Uh, that that's just from me watching games here in the name. I don't actually know that. So I should, be clear but I think he runs route what's well and I'm sure we'll talk about him at some point in this draft but I I think if it's between Jahan Dotson and Green I think it's a 50-50 split on who they take and I'll say this too you know part of my job is I'm I'm going to have to react to whoever the Titans pick in the first round I'm going to have to write a column and I'm already starting to think you know okay if they go wide receiver what am I going to say if they go offensive line what am I going to say and I think what I've sort of decided is my reaction to offensive line would be, okay, makes sense. Because my whole thing with this draft is they've got to get better around Ryan Tannehill. They've got to get better around Ryan they Tannehill. Said exactly. They said that. Yeah. yeah. And Luke yeah. asked him at the uh, at the press conference. Yeah. It <laughs> was yes. very, very intentional. I heard that. And um, off of that, I think offensive line obviously does that. So my sort of take opinion whatever would be good pick got to find a wide receiver now got to find one in round three um and and quarterback I think I would perhaps understand if they came to the podium and they were like man we love this guy we think he's the we think he's it we think he's the future but for me it's really down to those three positions and and the first two wide receiver and offensive line uh more so so yeah I have no problem with this at all uh I just want to round round out my my pick here and and say this um if Kenyon Green were not on the board there say he went to Dallas uh or Arizona or you know New England whatever 
if Kenyon Green were not on the board there and all those five wide receivers were off the board, the top six offensive linemen are off the board, I'm, I'm taking Ritter uh, at that time. If, if Ritter, Pickett, Corral, Howell are all available, I'm taking Ritter at 26. Just want to put that on the record. If, you know, like I said, top five wide receivers, top six offensive linemen all off the board, I'm going Ritter at that moment in time. Uh, for all the reasons that I led in my false preamble, uh, for all those reasons, I do agree with it. Laid it out that the cost savings, uh, I think Ritter can get close enough to a Tannehill level in year two. Uh, that's really the big debate on whether you believe in it or not. For the money, can he get close enough to the same level so that you can make the rest of the team better than what it is right now? I would go that route. Um, obviously, it's well-documented, been talked about on, on Twitter nonstop and different podcasts. I don't believe that this team can win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill with where his salary and his contract is going to be going forward the rest of his career. I think the only way to do it is stack out the – they want to go with the same philosophy of playing good football with a stacked roster and just have a, a quarterback who manages the game. But well, if you want to go that route now, Tannehill's too expensive to execute that route and have a good enough roster to win with him. So if Kenyon Green weren't there, I was going Ritter over Jahan Dotson or Sky Moore or Pickens or Watson – or uh, Logan Hall or Andrew Booth, Karloftis, any of the defensive guys that would be there. I, my pick would be Ritter. So, you know, chew on that, I guess. So that brings us to Matias on the pick at 27 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We've got six picks left. And since it sort of gets boring at this point with, with the really, really good teams at the bottom other than Detroit, which is the last team picking in the first round, uh, we're just going to go rapid fire here. So maybe like a one-sentence one quick spark note explanation of the pick, and then we'll get out of here and head to stop the nonsense. So, Matias, who, who's joining Tom Brady in Tampa? Yeah, um, they don't have a lot of holes uh, except for left guard because they're starting Aaron Stinney. Um, so I'm going to go with Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, I think he might struggle a little bit at first at guard just because his arms are kind of short, but he's a good interior offensive lineman, and I think he could probably play right away and then probably take over for Ryan Jensen once uh, he goes into the twilight of his career. So I, I kind of wanted a cornerback here with the Packers at uh, pick 28 because I think just got to do anything you can to get Kevin King off of the field. I don't I'm, That situation continually perplexes me. Uh, there's not really one available that's a good fit here. We're not going to pull Jordan Love 2.0 and go with one of the quarterbacks that are on the board. So, man, just looking at the board, mm, Nicobe Dean, just get him a, a good football player who, who can give them snaps, a linebacker from Georgia. Will, you're up with the first of two Kansas City picks. So Kansas City reportedly loves Boye Mafe, so I'm just going to give him Boye Mafe. Like that, they, they like him. You know, they need better defense. They need more athletic people. You can never go wrong with too many edge rushers. Boye Mafe. Tyler with the Chiefs again. I agree 100 percent with what Will said. The Chiefs need to add more youth and more athleticism on defense. Uh, they lost Teron Matthew. I am going to give them Daxton Hill. Uh, the safety from Michigan, who is an athletic guy who can play all over the defense, back deep, play the slot. There we go, Daxon Hill. 
Matias with the reigning AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of getting people off the field, get Eli Apple off the field and give <laughs> the Bengals Kair Elam, cornerback from Florida. And now I am back up with the Detroit Lions. To quickly remind myself, they got Trayvon Walker with the second pick in the draft. Great pick. Who made that draft? pick? That's a great pick. <laughs> a huge upside. Really saw the way the board was falling. We're going to give former Titans castaways Khalif uh, Raymond and Josh Reynolds a new buddy in the receiver room and close out the first round with Jahan Dotson. I thought about uh, quarterback here, but I think that Jar- Jared Goff is comparable to a lot of the guys in this class. So we're going to go with the wide receiver to close it out. Good stuff, guys. Fun as always. Um, who, who do we think, just to quickly look back, who, who, who got the, the best deal here? Who do we look at when we say they won the first round if that what we just did was how it played out? Me, I'm just not sure where yet. Let me I, I think I, I think I, obviously I was involved, so <laughs> that is what it is. But you look at the Jets, you get Evan Neal, who might be the, the most solid and, and safest offensive line prospect, who you know you're gonna get a longtime starter in and at, at one position on the offensive line. And then Derek Stingley as your, as your major upside all pro level potential guy at number ten. Uh, you got picks uh, thirty five and thirty eight. You could still get a Watson or still get uh, a George Pickens, a big guy like that to go with Elijah Moore long term. Um, I, I think uh, I think that's pretty pretty solid for them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Houston too- also. Yeah. With Thibodeau and Jameson Williams, two possible yeah. superstars. These are their first first round picks in years. Yeah. We uh, forget I mean, that sometimes. <laughs> right, right. Making up for lost time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's really no. I mean, you could maybe say the Packers just because they got Olave to fall if they would actually pull the trigger on that. Like, right. Just because that's such a good. But it, it is weird. There's so many like teams with two picks in the first round, and like I look at the Giants and like Ikiquanu, good, Jermaine Johnson, good. But like I think they hit two doubles, and I don't think that they got like n- n- the guys that have a chance to be all pro didn't end up on their roster. And I wonder how much that reflects what they actually do on draft day. It's time for Stop the Nonsense. Tyler, I didn't prepare you for this, but we're going to rope you into this segment, too. We're going to let you have oh, a Stop the Nonsense. Uh, I think I started last week. Will or Matias, would you like to lead us off? Uh, I will. Okay. Uh, so this is something that I hate, that I see all the time, <laughs> and it gets regurgitated uh, by everybody who sees it. But the whole, uh, quote-unquote, quote like, there's 12 guys in this draft with first-round grades. Like, I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree that that happens. The fact that it's a story every year doesn't do, – I mean, the same people who gave Greg Robinson first-round grades are given this class like 12, 15, 16, 18, whatever it is. Like, to me, it's so much more about fit than it is about where you rank in like uh, just on a cold like draft board, like on a sheet of paper. Like, uh, to me, I think you could have – 
18 different first-round picks, and then you could go to another team, and they would have 13 different picks that they've graded as first-rounders. So the idea that one team, which is usually what these people are getting information from, the idea that one team is like, okay, we have the sheet. These are the only guys worth first-round picks is aggravating to me because inevitably it's just used later on teams like the Titans who draft later in the first round. It's like, well, they didn't have anybody, so you know they had to reach for this. It's like they could just really like Harold Landry, like even though they got him in the second round, but it's like those type of players that fall to that like lower area. Like, I mean, A.J. Brown, Harold Landry, we've seen second-round picks hit so many times that I think we're over that statistic being leaked out every single year and us all being surprised that it's not 32. I'll go next. And I posted this on Twitter. I went to watch a sounds game, me and several friends on a Saturday night, first time in a few years, actually first time post pandemic that I've been to a sounds game. Um, and we park in this garage for 15 bucks. Me and two of my friends split the, split the cost park at the top of the garage. And, and the sounds game was sold out or close to it anyway. And so the garage was near full, and it's a thousand-car garage. So we're leaving, and it's taking a long time for the cars to get out of this garage. And it's like 10 o'clock, and, and the sound stadium isn't really in the city, so there's not traffic. And so I'm thinking, like, what, what's taking this so long? Why is it taking so long for all these cars to get out? We get to the end, and we realize it. And you can go to my Twitter to see the video I took of this. At the door to get out of this garage is the dumbest contraption known to mankind. It's one of those bars uh, that, you know, goes down and, and then you usually you would like scan your parking ticket and then the bar goes up and it lets you out. Here's the problem with it. There's no parking ticket scanner because ordinarily this is a free garage. It's a state garage. Um, and the person who collected the payment for the sounds game was just a guy who stood there. There's no toll booth. He would just he just stood there and he had a, a a device in his hand that would scan your your credit card. And so there's no one manning this thing. No one is scanning tickets. This bar is just coming down for every car. And so instead of free flowing out, every car is having to stop and then immediately start back. And that caused this very long pileup leaving the garage and made it take way longer than it needed to. So, and it's a state parking garage, so I'm not really sure what department of the state government is in charge of these matters, but whoever it is, please fix this ridiculousness. That, that is my stop the nonsense for this week. Who's up next? Uh, I'll go next. So, I've been trying to buy a new desk chair uh, because I work from home. Uh, for my other job and like eight hours a day. Plus I do the podcast. So I'm like sitting all day. So I've been trying to get a new desk chair. Um, and I found out that I can expense it with my company. Yes. I'm about to, ex- I'm about to stop the nonsense, the company I work for. So hopefully they don't <laughs> listen to this, but anyway, uh, I I've been trying to, to trying to expense it. And it's been <laughs> like the craziest process. I went to my manager. I asked him, yo, can I expense expense this? He says, uh, yes, there's an option for it, but just ask uh, this other guy who's his manager. Um, so I ask him, he tells me to ask another manager because he had recently bought a desk chair. So I asked him, he told me to email the health and safety team. I emailed them. They did not respond to me for five days. Then I emailed the health and safety manager 
and just asks her, like, is there a price limit for a desk chair? And she says, there's no price limit, but it has to be reasonable. So then I asked her, what's reasonable? And they will not give me, they will not give me a price limit. Um, and anyway, so I told her like, look, the chairs are pretty expensive. I'm looking at one that's like lower tier. It's like $450. It's a lot of money, but in the current state, like that's what a good chair goes for. So she's like, okay, send the link to your manager. So I go back to my manager and he tells me, no, it seems a little high. Can you ask <laughs> my manager to make sure uh, that it's okay? And he responds to me. He's like, let me ask HR. So oh I'm still gosh. waiting to hear. I'm still waiting to hear from HR whether I can actually expense this chair. I already bought the chair. I'm done. I'm done waiting around. Uh, if I can expense it, I can expense it. But I need to get myself a nice comfy chair. So just ridiculous, though. The part of me that studied communication in college is slowly dying hearing that story. All I what wanted was someone to tell me, just just tell me how much I can spend on yeah. the chair. But it's been a week and no one has told me. It's like a weird to... blind auction, but it... in reverse. <laughs> where yeah. they're like, no, nope, that's not it. That yeah. didn't hit it. <laughs> At first, like... it reminded me of Charles Minor asking Jim for the rundown on The Office, where it's oh, like no one knows oh, what he's yeah. talking about. Yeah. But there's never I'll get that rundown explanation. right for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Tyler, Mr. Tic Tac, close us out. All right. Uh, so for me, and I feel like, look, we're all, this is first world problems, okay? <laughs> I went to an awesome baseball game. The man-made parking garage they built in the middle of the of the earth was moving too slow. Uh, Freaking, you know, the, the desk chair, my free desk chair. <laughs> They won't tell me how free the free desk chair is, uh, but I'm going to keep the theme going because I am very grateful that I get to cover the team and get to make any kind of money off talking about football and talking about the Titans. So don't get me wrong. And I am forever grateful for any person that wants to listen to me talk about the Titans or subscribe or interact with me on Twitter. I'm thankful for everything for real. But. <laughs> Stop the nonsense. Boys, the mock drafts are over. Oh man, I'm so ready to quit being tagged in mock drafts, sent DMs of mock drafts <laughs> with eight trades, 14 draft picks. All that look, I did a I did a whole segment on my show where I did fan I did a whole episode where I did mock drafts that I got from people who listened to the show. Are you, are you talking about like the draft network kind of thing, like the simulators? Yeah, draft network, yeah. pro football focus, any of the drafts and people sending you screenshots of their picks and I get the worst, most unrealistic, <laughs> just disastrous mock draft sent to me for three months. The moment the Titans lose a playoff game, I get mock draft sent to me, DM'd it. And I, again, I am so thankful and so grateful for everyone who supports me in any way. But while we are airing our personal <laughs> grievances, I know that I speak for all content creators alike to say, stop the nonsense. The draft is here. No more mock drafts. Yeah. Yep. Pro football focus doing that thing where you could trade for players is the worst new revolution <laughs> in this. But they're like, look, if you trade back three spots and you trade the second round pick, you can get like AJ Brown, like was the one like <laughs> that kept popping up. But it's like, 
I, as soon as I see a PFF, like I'm blocked by like three or four of their writers. I just found that out today when I was scrolling through, I was like, I wonder what they're saying. I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Public enemy. Yeah. So uh, great, great by them to get out of their system, but the, just the worst. What was the last straw for us in PFF? Because they've been a frequent topic of stop the nonsense over the years, but there was something that happened this big year. Time, well. Big time throws. Oh no, this year. I don't well, yeah, know. The big, big time big throws time was throws. a big one. <laughs> They had Rashawn Evans with a really high grade, right? Or am I thinking of something else? Questenberry. Questenberry had like an that 80 overall yeah. grade. Yeah. Yeah. They said he was like the top right tackle in the NFL for like the first 10 weeks of the season. Yeah. And they gave uh they gave Raidens, uh Lord Raidens a terrible grade yeah. at San Francisco. Like, like it was a disaster and it just wasn't if you watched the tape. Yeah, and that's why people are like, uh, he wasn't that good. And I'm like <laughs> he he woke up on Thursday with no practice reps and got told he was playing left tackle against Nick Bosa, who had a sack in like six straight games. It's like, and he did his job. It's like, I don't know, care what PFF says. Like, we all watched the game, right? When they're like, well, not twice. And I'm like, then shut yeah. up. That's like, the, that was the game where I, uh, I was using the restroom like five minutes before the game up at the press box. And the press box is right next to where uh, like the coaches and executives sit. And I, I passed. Flex on him. Luke. I, well, I know. Flex on him. And yeah, I passed I was at the yeah. game. I, and then, yeah. Uh, behind me, exiting the restroom was John Robinson, and I held the door open for him. I said, "Good luck tonight." He said, "Thank you." And in my head, I'm thinking, "You're gonna need it." <laughs> <laughs> and they ended up winning that game. So it worked out. Early. Honor, honorary. Stop the nonsense. This week is that stupid. Uh, what's the Colts general manager's name? I'm having a mind blank. Chris Ballard. Yeah, Chris Ballard. That Chris dumb Ballard. quote he had about not drafting because it's scary and unknown. Did you all hear that or see that? <laughs> sucks. He sucks. What? What did he say? He's like, you it. can't draft a wide receiver. It's too, like, the wide receivers, they could be anything. And I'm like, shut up. Like, I'm, I'm, no, that's because he drafted Paris Campbell when it was a terrible pick at the yeah, time. He's like, sometimes their legs don't work <laughs> when they get to the NFL. Yeah. It's like, I'm yeah. looking for this because I, t- I tweeted at Will about it and said this was going to be my uh, yeah my stop the nonsense. I can't find it, but it was it was wild. Yeah. You're so popular that you get so many that it's hard to keep track. I understand. Well, I'm but. looking at my own tweets, <laughs> not oh. stuff that's being said. I think you're looking to me. at your mentions. I'm no. just scrolling through mentions trying to find it. Well, yeah. the guy is, you know, right next to John Robinson in the urinal and stuff. So, you know, he's just yeah, all he's over busy. tonight. He, yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of stuff he's doing. You know, it's tough. <laughs> rubbing, rubbing elbows with uh, some powerful people. Yeah, huh, Amy Adams drunk, like, saw him in the press box. Like, do you need your shoulders rubbed? Like, you look tense, Luke. And he's like, nah. <laughs> Hey, Luke, uh, can you tell me if the player that I picked for the Titans is who they're really picking? <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but I can tell you this. Come um, on, man, tell us. I, I don't yeah, know. let us know. This is, this is a funny story, though, sort of along those lines. So before uh, the John Robinson press conference last week, Jim Wyatt tweeted out, obviously as a joke, he said, uh, you know, John Robinson press conference today at 1130. This is where he will announce who the Titans are taking at pick 26. And we get to this press conference, and Jim is showing us his replies to this tweet. And you can go read them. Uh, go to Twitter and read them. It's all these people like, Jim, do you think that after this happens, some team might try to steal that player away from the Titans? There's no and then, way. And then there's other tweets. It's like, Jim, are we sure this is a good idea? Couldn't this tip, <laughs> couldn't this tip what they're doing and make things more difficult? <laughs> it's like, these people... <laughs> So Chris Ballard said, uh, when asked 
uh, about the current wide receivers said everybody's afraid of the unknown. Selecting a guy in the draft, that's an unknown too. We think we've got some young players who, given the chance to ascend, will. So he's like, you know, these terrible players. Yeah, yeah, it's like (laughs) these terrible players I have. Yeah, like they're not good. But Michael Pittman's a a good player. player. Like, you know, I'd take him on my football team. But who, who else are they talking about? Must be talking about Paris Campbell. <laughs> That's what he is. Not even on their team. Like, I mean, like it's it's just crazy to me. Wait, like, did that quote come from Ballard or did it come from like eighty-seven national media members? I, I, it's hard could, to tell, right? Because tell. he, he yeah. seems to have their passwords and tweet. Like my favorite was right after the season, and I, I had to stop the nonsense about this when it happened. But when he like instantly turned all the local media and national media against Frank Reich when he was like. That was actually Frank's pick, and uh, he wanted us <laughs> to trade for Wentz. It's like, well, that was a weird thing to say way after the fact. And then he's like, if we just had a little bit better this, or if we just did a little, it's like, God, he sucks. Yeah, that's pro bono work the media does for uh, for Ballard there. And it's just public defenders. It's truly, truly unacceptable behavior. It's Mr. Editor behavior all around, <laughs> but it's just they don't care if we know it. Well, as much as we would love to continue this party, we are out of time. It's been great fun. Tyler, thanks for joining us. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Listen to the Locked on Titans podcast every day. He is sure to have great draft coverage every single day. The rest of this week and into draft weekend. We will be back next week to recap the draft. Be sure to join us then. Until then, for Will, Matias, and Tyler, I'm Luke reminding you and everyone else in the sports world to stop the nonsense. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.